Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Oh man, I love this time of the year here in the South. It is just before the humidity kicks up to level 150. Temperatures are pretty nice. The cooler weather is pretty much gone, and it's time for grilling, chilling, and enjoying life. How about that? It's the Clay Young Show on Podcast 225 and on iTunes, free, by the way, on iTunes. Thank you to all of you who have subscribed, to all of you who have listened to our previous shows, to those of you who are spreading the word, we sincerely thank you. I'm trying to do something different here with this venture. What I really want to offer is honest, raw, real, unfiltered conversation. I want you to be able to know that what you're hearing is something you probably won't get anywhere else. And today's show is a case in point of that. You wouldn't be able to get this anywhere on radio, at least not on terrestrial or free radio or public radio, because the station that aired it would certainly get fined and some people would get fired. We'll get back to that in just a moment. I'll explain what I mean. First up, want to tell you more about Warriors for Freedom. Coming this May, Warriors Weekend in the Capital City area around Baton Rouge on Saturday, May 30th. There will be a 5K here in Baton Rouge. More details about that are on the way. On Sunday, smoke them if you got them, a bourbon and whiskey and cigar tasting event at uh, Ben 77 in Perkins Row. And then on Monday, a golf tournament at the University Club. It'll be an opportunity for you to get involved with Warriors for Freedom. All of the money goes to Warriors for Freedom. More details about that weekend in the coming weeks. Hopefully many of you will make the time to join us as we join together and support and celebrate our military. Most of this is built around the campaign Remember the 22. I've been telling you about this every week. In America, every day, we lose 22 military veterans to suicide. In fact, this past weekend, I was down in New Orleans, and I was down in the French Quarter and had an opportunity to talk with a state trooper who was there. We talked a little bit about some of the work that they're doing in support of the New Orleans Police Department, and he noticed this bracelet that, I'm, that I wear pretty much every day, and it's got Remember the 22 on it. It always grabs people's attention. And I told him that the campaign was kind of targeted around us as a country losing 22 military veterans a day. And he was blown away. Did not know the number was that high. It amazes me how few people know that. Now, so many people know that Justin Bieber was roasted this past week. But we don't know that 22 military veterans commit suicide every day. And the truth is, I was in that number. I didn't know this until someone told me. And I think that's a shame. I think with all of the stuff we talk about in the news, this is something that should be in the forefront of our mind. The men and women who put their lives on the line every day around the globe to defend America. And in a, in a great way, the same goes for the men and women who wear shields and go out and protect cities. But that's a show for another day. And you better believe we are going to have that show. But remember, the 22 is something that every one of us should wear and share. We should wear the honor of the military veterans who defend America, and we should share their plight with all of those who would be interested parties. And if you live in this country, you ought to be interested. You ought to give a darn. So remember the 22, and the organization is Warriors for Freedom. 
We'll get Captain William Conger on our show in the coming weeks. Captain Conger is a retired Army captain, and he is the executive director of the Louisiana chapter of Warriors for Freedom. Uh, the board, he's the chairman of that board, the, who, well, he's executive director. Frank Gumpert is the chair of the Louisiana board, and I'm a member of the board as well because it's a cause I care greatly about. Now, let's get to this week's show. Okay, I've got two warnings for you. I'm going to give you one right now and then another one before we go to commercial break. And here's the first one. This might not be appropriate. No, 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 no. Let me say that differently. This is not appropriate for children, but might not be appropriate for work as well. My guest this week is media personality Richard Condon. In fact, as you will hear in our conversation, I refer to him as sports personality. And he says, no, I'm a media personality. You'll hear this. I've known Condon since 1998, I believe. And we talk a lot about some of the stories. Condon has worked in radio and in television, and he gives you his perspective on things behind the scenes in the radio business. And this has largely been in Baton Rouge. He tells you about his time at LSU. Richard Condon is an LSU graduate. He talks about some of the people that we have worked together with in the business. And he just tells you stories about his life. And he is one of the more entertaining people you could ever listen to. I don't think I've laughed that hard doing an interview in so long. Now, the part about the warning. uh, Condon has a pretty healthy usage of uh, some cuss words in the interview. Trying to find an artful way of telling you that... You know, if you got this playing on your speaker at your office, you might want to either plug in your earbuds or wait and listen to this when you can do it in a more safe environment. Because I don't want you to get fired because if you do, don't blame me. I just told you about it. If you've got if you've got kids in the car with you, you may not want them to hear this because we don't want little Johnny going to preschool tomorrow and repeating a word that might get you called down to meet with somebody in charge over there. So, again, a lot of adult humor a lot of adult language, and it's Condon being Condon. And here's the thing. I'm not filtering people when they come on this show. When I talk with people, I want them to know I want them to be who they are. I will, I will sometimes agree with things, sometimes disagree with things, but the bottom line is I want real, unfiltered dialogue. And this is not the case for everyone. Everybody won't tell stories the way Richard Condon does. But Condon is pretty much what you see is what you get. I mean, when he sits behind a microphone, one interesting thing, though, is we sat to record this late last week. You're listening to this on Thursday, April 2nd. And for the most part, Uh, and when Condon came into my office, my office manager noted to me after the fact, after we were done with the interview, that she was so surprised that this soft spoken guy was the person that this was coming out of. And I said, that's him. He's as much gentleman as he is barbarian. (laughs) And you'll get to hear that for yourself in the interview. So without further ado, we'll take a quick break and come back and talk to Richard Condon. Again, content not possibly safe for work. I'm giving you the warning. There is a lot of adult language in this, and you might want to be aware of that. If it is offensive to you, don't listen. Catch next week's show. Uh, If you've got little kids around, this is not for them. In fact, I wouldn't play this in front of my little kids. Just Well, they're not so little anymore, but I wouldn't have played it. But just giving you that warning, you've been warned. Richard Condon 
is next. This time of the year is great for our family. It's getting warmer, so there are more things to do outside. We love watching our kids play in the yard. What we don't like is having to treat our kids for fire ant or mosquito bites. My husband doesn't like waiting around, so he goes to Pest Stop. At Pest Stop, we can get the same stuff the pros use, and our home, our yard, and gardens are good to go. That means no ants, no mosquitoes, no termites, no spiders, and no regrets. We save time and money, and we don't have to go to the big box stores. Do what we do. Treat your home, yourself, with the products at Pest Stop. You won't regret it. You can use what the pros use, get the same quality, treat your home, lawn, and garden with the products at Pest Stop. Here's John Conroy to tell you where they are. Well, in Baton Rouge, we're located at 806 O'Neill Lane, or give us a call at 273-4788. Do it yourself with the products at Pest Stop. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Well, here we go. Now, listen, this might not be safe for the office. Uh, Some of the stuff you might hear today might make you laugh so hard that people think you're going crazy. But I want to introduce to you a friend of mine for, let's see, I've known him since 98. So 17 years we've been friends. Uh, Richard Condon, I consider him the best sports personality in South Louisiana and one of the best media personalities I've ever met. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about why I feel that way, because I'm going to let people on in on some of the behind the scenes things about you. But what's up, Rich? Well, Clay, you know, normally I don't ask uh, friends for favors, but I got to ask you for one just off the bat here. What's that? Just say best personality. Let's just not limit it to sports sports personality, if you don't mind. I mean, are you going to just lead with your ego to start off? Damn right. I mean, I'm just saying, man. Yes, sir. Best personality not just sports are you happy with that i'm good i'm good so let's 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 talk a little bit about well right now you are the captain of afternoon drive in this town and uh, how how are you loving that cool you know what i uh i must say that in my 20 something year career in this business i guess 28 give it take a year or two if you talk about starting off doing sports rap on cable tv yeah it was Cox, and it yeah. was over there off of Florida Boulevard mm-hmm. and the Rebel Shopping Center. And that led to uh, doing a post-game show on WJBO at the time. Uh, WJBO was the official station of LSU Athletics. That's right. And then Guarantee took over and he right. 98.1. Mm-hmm. And I am so honored because I work for Guarantee Broadcasting and Flynn Foster, the president, and Gordy Rush, the vice president of marketing. Uh, if I got an issue, I go to them. If they have an issue, they come to me. Yeah. There's no CC there, out of no. Houston or Dallas or, you know, I mean, they're local. Saskatchewan, Canada. Well, they're local. It's locally owned and operated. So yeah. if you have an issue or they have an issue, it's good. And they pretty much want me to be me. But, Clay, to start off, and going to LSU back in 78. Yeah. And the only reason I went to LSU is because my mom and dad wanted me to get a diploma. My mm-hmm. dad had one, but he was a Marine. And then he went to school, and I wanted to be a Marine. And he said, no, 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 no. You're going to go to LSU. When I went to LSU, Clay, in 78, really back then, most guys that grew up with me in the channel, they either became plumbers, longshoremen, firemen, mm-hmm. or policemen. Mm-hmm. And that's what and I wanted to do. your dad was a cop. Your dad yeah, was a police yeah. officer. And I wanted to come up to LSU and chase skirts and get drunk every night, can't right. find my car keys and my wallet, right. and wake up the next morning. By the way, what's your name again? Because we had a great time. <laughs> and then flunk out 
and then become a cop, and boom, I'd be on a force now 30-something years if I'm not shot and killed in New Orleans. But you I'd did, be retired now. But you did get your degree. I did get my degree. And you got into radio. How'd you end up in radio? It's the craziest story in the world. Uh, I didn't want to be in radio. I got a degree in general studies only because I couldn't pass the third Spanish. Is that right? And I needed a third Spanish. I had all my broadcasting you know, you know, you couldn't course you done. couldn't pass Spanish. That's surprising. I'm still trying mm. to work on the first English. So anyway, I, well, this uh, is yeah, true. This is true. So uh, I went to LSU and I somehow got a general studies degree. And I was just wanting to get a sales job, Coy. Yeah. I wasn't interested in being in broadcasting. Yeah. The way I speak with the accent, you know, flushing the toilet, hanging your clothes in a oh locker, walking gosh. down a banking, oh getting gosh. a break tag. How you doing, hard? How's your mom and them? How am I going to get a job in radio? Unless I'm on WWL in the wallets or something when Hab dies That's or Bloody right. D. I can't right. do it. And my wife was working for extra money, and we had just gotten married. It's like 84. And she was working for extra money in Maison Blanche and Old Cartana Mall, wrapping gifts, yes, Christmas indeed. time. That's right. Because uh, we were thinking about bringing uh, little condoms into the world, so yeah. you got to plan ahead. That's right. Got to get that crib and a little stuffed animals ready. <laughs> and some woman working for her, uh, working with her, produced local access shows on Cox Communication, mm-hmm. or Cox Cable. Bo mm-hmm. Barringer was his yeah. name. Yeah. And some guy who was doing a show called Sports Rap. I don't know what happened, but anyway, when a guy left the studio one night off of Florida Boulevard in the over Ripple Shopping Center, the uh, feds were there, and they cuffed him because he was embezzling money, whoever he was working with at the time. So anyway, this girl shares this with Sue and says, man, my husband really needs a host for this one-hour cable show on Monday nights. So Sue came home, and she goes, why don't you do it? I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I can't speak the English language. I'm too opinionated. I don't want to be in that. I just got a diploma to appease my dad. Right. And I'm in sales and doing that sort of thing. Well, the guy called me at home before the beepers, before the yeah. iPhone 6s oh, yeah. and all oh, that yeah. stuff, oh, yeah. cell phones, bag phones, and all of that, Clay. So I picked up the phone. He goes, Rich, look, could you do one show for me? And then I'll find a full-time replacement. So anyway, I hung up the phone, and I looked at Sue, and I said, you know, when we have a kid. Well, hang on a second. Hang on a second. This is a live podcast. I'm going to show you how live, and I'm recording all of this. I'm, I'm, I'm answering the phone right now. My daughter, Jasmine, who knows Oh, no, you got to take that call. Okay, you got to so, take it. So I'm recording a show right now, Jasmine, that you're going to be in, and I'm sitting here with Richard Condon right now. Would you like to say anything to him? <laughs> hold on. Hold, hold on. I'm, uh, here's what we're going to do. So, so now, you're, now you're on speakerphone, and it's into the mic. You want to tell Mr. Richard hello? <laughs> hello. Hey, Jasmine, how are you, darling? I'm doing great now. Now, I don't want to get this wrong. It is your junior year, correct? No, no, no. She's a senior. Oh, well, you got my daughter beat by a year. <laughs> hey, Jasmine, congratulations. I mean, LSU, everything well? Yes, thank you. Hey, Jasmine, I got to tell you something. Hey, Jasmine, when it comes to being a great dad and a dad with class, it may not, you know, Clay may not be in a class by himself, but it wouldn't take long to call Rose, though. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, I'll call you back. Okay, love, love you too. Bye-bye. All right, so that's awesome. That's that's, beautiful. That's having a daughter. Isn't that special? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. So let's continue here. You're you're moving along the way. You're gonna go do this thing. So I said, all right, fine. Bo Bo Barringer was a guy's name, Clay, and I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I'm going. You know what? I'll record the show on my, you know, VCR. Put it at super long play. I'll have a half-inch tape. Remember, I can show my kids down the road. Remember how big VCRs oh, used yeah, to yeah. be? Nobody uses them now, but, you know. I mean, that's been 30 years ago, and I'm still figuring out the beta, how to connect it. <laughs> do, you still have a, do you still have a VCR in your house? I mean, it's stored away somewhere. I it's don't a, know. <laughs> Along with just, that uh, non-soccer trophy I won when I was seven when you had to earn a son of a bucket. That's right. Anyway, oh, so, so I did one. Thing. I yeah. did one. As a matter of fact, the first guest was Sue Gunner. And what young people out there don't realize is back then, 
hey, there was no internet, P- pretty much. There was no internet. So in other words, to prepare, you had to go to the sports information office yeah. or uh, go to the library and get a Britannica yeah. and do research. Now you just Google yeah. and everything comes up. So I uh, went to LSU and they gave me Sue Gunner's bio and where she came from and a whole bit. And I looked at it and I highlighted it and I went in there and I did the one-hour show, and I just memorized the questions. And because it was TV, yeah. radio, it's easy. You can have the cheat sheets here. Yeah. On TV, you can, but I'm going first time. I got to impress the audience, all 20. So what I did was, <laughs> so what I did was, I did it. And at the end of the show, Sue Gunner didn't know me from Adam, and I was working at Coke at the time. Yeah. And Sue goes, "Wow, how long you been doing this?" Hang on. I'm checking my wristwatch. About an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> and after that, Bo goes, man, can you do one more? And Clay, it just came easy. All you yeah. got to do is prepare. Yep. If you prepare and you're good with people and yep. you appreciate being around people and you treat people with class and respect, hey, look, it'll work out for you. You know what? They say the biggest fear in the world, Clay, and it's you know. public speaking. It's public speaking. Well, I, I was born with the wrong DNA. Because <laughs> my biggest joy, the thing that excites me the most is speaking. When I saw broadcast journalism, it only takes a few speeches. Get me in front of a crowd yeah. and make them laugh. Yeah. If I could see that guy wink in a corner yeah. and that young lady not falling asleep in a pool of spit, <laughs> I got this one. You know what I mean? Like Pinocchio, you know that commercial? Yes, yes. I see a lot of potential. <laughs> All right, so you get into the business. So anyway, I got into it, and then one thing led to the next. I did J-Bo game, and then Cyril Vetter, who owned uh, WVLA at the time, right. and the Tiger. He was looking for a sports guy, and mm-hmm. I just went in there and did sports. And then, of course, my personality, good or bad, it led to me and Larry LeBlanc doing an afternoon show, and that led to me doing this and doing that. Mm-hmm. and. You know, worked at 1150 WJBO with you, which yeah. was one of the best stints oh, I enjoyed. We Your had professionalism. Fun. And not only that, Clay, you allowed me to be me. Yep. And and I think one of the best things you and I have is kind of charisma. Like, yeah. we can read one another. Oh, yeah. And I can look across at you going, Condon, stop making fun of the <laughs> that's, 49ers. That's right. I, so I'd see Richard. And we'd be talking about a news story. And so where he was prepping for his sports report, he could see us. And so I'd bring the story up and you'd shoot me one of those looks and it would be like, okay, all right, let's get him in here now. No, and you know what? Come hey, look, Clay and I'd be looking at one another. And of course, Clay at the time did a show with a gentleman named Kevin, Kevin Meeks. Meeks. That's right. Find to hear about this jackass's cats one more time and the ferns and him drinking red stripes. Gee whiz, the guy bought in my breast milk. He really did. Hey, if I, I worked with one man that I had zero in common with, hey, zero, hey, listen, it would be Kevin Mix. And God bless him. The guy lives by himself, and he lost his wife, and I don't wish that on anybody. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, God bless his loss in life. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you one guy that is just absolutely out there. The guy sitting in the basement of his house playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> in his drawers. Listen, the morning you and Kevin were talking about the movie Puss in Boots, I wish I could have had that recorded. Meeks had gone to see Puss in Boots, and he told you you should go see Puss in Boots, and that was pretty good stuff. Now, I like that Scripps Howard Spelling Bee when we talk about the, about the Pakistani kids with the bingo markers on their freaking head. Yeah, and all of that, and all of a sudden, like Kevin Meeks got on me because, like, I'm a great speller, which I'm not. I mean, I had to cheat to get through listen, pre-K. Are listen, you kidding me? Listen, we asked Richard how to spell cat, and he said, I know the K is silent, I know that. Right? I know that. Hang on a second. Give me a second. I know we tight. we got to go to a commercial Brand. Oh, man. And then you and Kevin Neely, back when we worked at uh, Citadel, when I was doing mornings and you were doing middays over there. And well, we worked at Citadel, the right there off of Wooddale. <laughs> yeah, off of everybody, Wooddale. Everybody, everybody get working. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, can I be an equal opportunity shot taker? Sure. I hate country music too, yeah, but go ahead. They had country music in there as well. Just so. want to make sure people know I'm a white guy. I hate white <laughs> demo great. music too. You're white? Yes, I am. Okay. So so the time with you and Neely, didn't y'all almost come to blows? No, one we did morning? a couple of times. A couple of times. We did a couple of times. What Matter happened? of fact, we got in a fight one morning. I went to the bathroom, top of the hour break. I come back and I hear Neely screaming, just scream, ah, ow, ow, and I'm going, he's still pissed at me. The guy was in the middle of the lobby passing a kidney stone. You remember that one? I thought, I, man, I whipped his ass. That's, that's right. He said, you didn't whip my ass, I'm passing a stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to tell that story, do you? That morning, we're not going to tell that story. You remember? You don't remember the morning that you had some stomach issues. See, I don't have to worry about the FCC here. Nope. One morning, I shit all over myself. That's exactly I don't care. Right? It was unbelievable. All of a sudden, guess what? The demons took took possession of my bowels. No, I was doing a show, and all of a sudden, you know, you think you got gas, and at first, I thought it was just gas, and it wasn't really gas. And all of a sudden, class, where the guy, I felt like Linda Blair and the Exorcist. All of a sudden, I, I could see my stomach moving. It was like a demon being born, and all of a sudden I had no freaking control. I tried to cross my legs, so I'm shitting like a bunny crossing my legs 20 feet to the bathroom. I left the trail like a snail, nothing but shit. Oh, man. So anyway, we were syndicated. Well, if you want to call being in Lafayette and Lake Charles syndicated, but all right, fine. Uh, so we were syndicated, and you know, syndication, man, the people over in Lafayette and Lake Charles don't know I'm shitting all over myself. And, and Neely's so we got playing, the top of the hour break. He's, he's playing disco music for like 10 minutes. He'd have got a DeVito. <laughs> He's playing Freebird. Condon screaming. screaming at him from the back. Hey, I'm still shitting. <laughs> and what's sad was I left shit all over the hall. I didn't want to leave this shit. And all of a sudden I got other people because we had other stations there. And these oh, people are coming out of the top 20 station and the urban yeah, station right. and right. the hip hop station and all the stations. <laughs> Smells like a white guy shit all over himself. Which was true. Uh, I shit all over myself. Not uh, a thing. So, there it goes. So this happens, and you know, I remember, I remember uh, for, I think it was Katrina, because Gustav, we worked, uh, Gustav, I was working and helping Jaybo out, but Katrina was 05, and and uh, we had people bringing food into the studio, and so uh, the 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 team at IBR. It was Bugs, it was Condon, it was me, basically the three of us. And we had some folks up from New Orleans, but we were working long hours. Now, before we get to the funny stuff on the serious on the serious side of it, that was hard because, you know, we were seeing a city that you are from and most of us love just absolutely destroyed by this storm. But the behind the scenes stuff that was going on. So I didn't really care. People would bring food by. And you, you could just see Richard being frustrated when folks in other stations would come over and just load up plates, you know, two levels high with food. You want to take us back? Yeah, to back the- then there was no free cell phones to give away. But look, here's what happened. I'm not going to mention the guy's name because no, I, I, I'm not going to mention please. the guy's name because I'm not, I'm not mistaken. Him and I are kind of affiliated with one another these days. I think so. Anyway, uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So what happened was, so it's like a Sunday, and again. And Clay's been so nice to me over the years because I consider my guy myself a tyrant. I consider my guy a tangent guy, yeah. a sports guy, kind of a guy you just sit on a ball stool and drink a couple of beers. Right. You know, I'm not the smallest right. guy in the world. Right. I get that. Everything I've done in life is common sense and try right. to pee people right. right. I'm never going to challenge anybody to an ACT or SAT test. I'm not going to do it. Really? I'll get a blue book, fill it out. Let's see who the professor thinks mm-hmm. did a better job. I'm not one of those guys. See, So you're any- not doing Scrabble no, in no, the No, evenings. no, 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 no. Okay. Anyway, anytime... 
I think anytime a person's honest with himself, and mm-hmm. that's what I am, Clay. See, I'm an equal opportunity shot taker. I make more fun of myself no question. than I make of anybody else. That's what people need to keep in mind. Yeah. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. Right. So anyway, I get a call that Sunday morning, I believe. I think it was a Sunday morning because Katrina's uh, – no. They started calling us on that Saturday. Yeah, yeah, but see, they didn't me. Okay, that's why. They, well, that's right because because Bugs was on, and then I relieved exactly. Bugs. So yeah. Go so ahead. then I get a call early Sunday morning. Yeah, from the program director, and he's uh, Jeff Jarnigan, whoever it was. Yeah, he, right. he moved back to Tennessee. I don't think that was him. No, no, no. I don't think that was him. But anyway, anyway. Oh, it wasn't him. That's right. It was, uh, exactly. Don't yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, don't yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. What a goofball. So anyway. I get a call, and Sue says, look, the phone. And I pick up the phone, and this has got to be the biggest goofball, geek, nerd, mama's guy I've ever worked for. What a nerd. I mean, this guy is the biggest, like, consultant type. Yeah, okay. Are you going to still, you know, this you, guy, you might no, have wait, to see wait, wait, this guy this in the hallway. This guy's going to come in from Sacramento you and might, tell me. You might see him in the hallway. We never mentioned a name. Okay, Just no. give me a couple. All right. So anyway, so he calls me up at home. He says, look, we need you to fill in and uh, – uh, Ed, God bless his soul. Yeah, Ed yeah. had done a long shift, and then you did a long shift. Mm-hmm. And if you wasn't, if you didn't tell me that, Clay, I was going to say I'm not doing. It. Right. I do sports. Yeah. I don't. I don't do yeah. this. But then when he mentioned Ed yeah. and you, I'm going again. You get yeah. back to, hey, look, they'd like to be home with their families yeah. too. I'm no better than that. I think we did like seven hours right. a piece. That so day. I said, all right, <laughs> yeah. fine, I'm coming. Well, as I was hanging On up the, the phone, as I was hanging up the phone, he says, well, man, any way you can pick up food for the staff. I so remember. when he said food for the staff, I'm going. I said, all right. I said, well, is Ed still there? I said, we got Ed. We got Clay. He's probably hanging around getting Neely. organized. Lining up guests. You got Lauren. the producer. Remember Lauren? Yeah, right. I yeah. said, you got a couple of interns. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. How many people are we talking about? So he started running down who was there on all the other stations. I'm going, well, why do I have to pick up food? Well, we're going to reimburse you. I'm going, okay. So I told Sue, look. I said, what do you want me to get? Uh, he didn't know. I said, look. Why don't we get Popeyes, man? Because I can get beans, I can yeah. get rice, I yeah. can get onion rings, I can yeah. get biscuits. Popeyes, you Popeyes can't lose. doesn't sell onion rings, Richard. No, no, wait. The time they did. They did. Yeah, they okay. did then. Now All the right. one on Burbank now does. Okay. That's why I go to that one. Okay. I don't go to one on Soaring anymore. Go okay. to the one on Burbank. Okay. Onion rings are back. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. So anyway, so I got like eighty bucks worth of chicken. Yeah, well, that's a lot of chicken back then. No question. Side orders, like four or five large beans, rice, a box of biscuits. And I missed all of that. By the time I got there the next yeah, well, day, there was nothing wait. with no, boxes. No, no, no. Next day. By the time I went and brewed a pot of coffee. So what happened is I put it in a WIBR studio. Okay. So I needed some coffee because I knew I was going to be there a while. Right. Ed wasn't coming back. Right. You had to go home and rest. And then, But I did come back. Right, right. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you were going to be going a while. Right. There was no other person. Right. It was you, me, and Ed. That was right. it. That's right. So I know I'm mad for the long haul. Sure. So I said, man, I got to fill up with the java. So I went into the kitchen. And what does it take? Maybe eight, ten minutes to brew a pot of coffee. About. No. Whatever it is. Whatever. Faster than that, but yeah. Anyway, so I go back into the IBR studio where all the food was. The sides, the Mm -hmm. biscuits, the napkins, the plastic forks, the thanks for coming, whatever. Mm -hmm. Gone. Absolutely gone. It was out of control. In eight minutes? In eight minutes. It was gone. Because all the people from all the other stations came in. And I seen them for uh, throughout our hurricane coverage. Sure. Not one of them. They saw me walking in with it. Yeah. They saw me putting it out. Yeah. Not one of them no good son of a bugger. So I wish somebody would put a poison snake under their bed till to this day. Ever said thank you. It was that damn sense of entitlement. <laughs> it was like, you owe us. Yeah. That kind of crap. Here's the kicker about all of this. So I had to turn in my expense report, right? Yeah. Okay, turn it in. Get my check. 
the little weasel accountant guy with the little mustache and the glasses, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. All the people behind the scenes in radio are geeks. So anyway. Not all the people. Most of them. So anyway, my check wasn't right. Because I know my check. I know what I was getting paid. Yeah. Knew the lives. And they were like six months worth. So I knew that didn't change. I said, man, I'm missing like 90 bucks. For what? He said, well, I said, the Popeyes. I pay for all these no good son of a buggers to eat my chicken and scarf down my beans and my rice dressing. Yeah. You know, play uh, a Frisbee with my biscuits here. He goes, no, corporate decided they're not going to reimburse you. So I went to this guy. I didn't know that. Yes, I didn't get reimbursed. So I went to this guy, and he says, oh, I'm sorry. And that was it. Never got reimbursed. So 90 bucks out of my pocket. To this day, you still never got reimbursed. To this day, and I see this guy, and that's been 10 years almost. It'll be 10 years in August. Yeah. It'll be 10 years in August. That's right. And every day I see this guy, I'm waiting for the 10-year anniversary, August 29th of 2015, because I'm going to whip his ass if he doesn't reimburse me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... So Gusta, uh, uh, Katrina happens. We go all the way through that. Didn't you get into it with some of the people from the stations in New Orleans? Did you get into it with some of the people from down there? I forget what happened. Yeah, they came up and something went wrong. Clay, I don't know what it was. But yeah, I kind of said something and they complained to management. Something yeah. went down on that situation. Yeah, yeah. And I told management, I said, I don't have to apologize. I said, my old man's on top of the Mauleon watching the looting going on. Because yeah. he was head of security, mm-hmm. loss prevention at the Mauleon. And my family had to get out of there. And, of course, they were living at Algiers Point at the time where the National Guard set up. Right. They experienced it all. They had to try to come up here and the contra flow and worry about their home and watching Fox and CNN. And I'm on the air at that time. That's my city, man. I was born and raised down there. I said, I have every damn right to comment about what is going on and what isn't going on. And if we're going to provide these people from New Orleans with a studio we need to let them understand that this is our house and respect this house. Yep. Just like my mom and dad, when they came up, hey, they bought a lot of food because that's the way they were raised. Right. Well, these people from the walls, I can comment on And management told me, well, you got to respect what they're going through. Respect what they're going through. I got a 95-year-old grandmother. That shotgun house in the Irish Channel, two blocks off of Chapatua's, probably ain't going to be there when we get back. Right. If it is there, it's got six foot of water and it's uninhabitable. So don't give me this crap where I got to worry about them. I'm worried about my 95-year-old grandmother. I'm That's worried right. about my mom and dad. Right. My dad with diabetes and heart problems. I can give a shit about them. Right. I'm worried about my peeps. So your peeps. So this happened and the city has come back. What do you think about the, the way the city's recovered since Katrina? I think it's parts of it, well, not so much, but... It's doing pretty well. You don't play right like huh? every major city in this country. It, it's never going to be the same. Yeah. It, it, it's just a different culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to get uh, uh, too morally uplifting or self righteous, yeah. but with the breakdown of the family, it's not going to get any better, no yeah. matter what thing we're talking about. And the thing about the city of New Orleans, it's like people talk about the city of New Orleans going down and crime and this and that. It's getting a little better. And then you see everything that's going on in the French Quarter. Women being raped at 9 a.m. in the morning on Royal Street. Yeah. When you see this stuff, and they don't stay troopers, and they got to spend time down there. That's the NOPD's job. I understand the city of New Orleans is reimbursing mm-hmm. the state for that money. But the city of New Orleans, people always talk, well, after Katrina, the city of New Orleans has never been the same. Take it from somebody who was born and raised down there. In the early 80s, I mean real early 80s, 80, 81, mm-hmm. that's when the city of New Orleans started going down. Yeah. Because people started moving to Covington and Mandeville. That's 34 years ago. Yeah. It's not after Katrina. The city yeah. of New Orleans gradually started going down. Up because, the metry. Yeah, yeah, up the metry, man. Yeah. Crime started kicking in and yeah. breakdown of the family and drugs and whatever. So, I mean, what? It's my hometown, but Clay, I say this all the time. I've been here since 1978, so that's 35 years, mm-hmm. 37 years now. 
37 years and I'll say it all the time. People, look, I don't lose the accent. It's what it is. I know guys I came up with in 78 to go to LSU or Southern or whatever, they don't speak like they're from New Orleans anymore. They lost it unless you get a couple of cold ones in them. But me, I speak <laughs> like I'm from New Orleans if I get out of bed and there's no toothpaste. I mean, that's just what it is. But, but, but the thing about it is the city of New Orleans, as great as it was to me, it's not the same city. And it'll never be the same city. And I don't care what major city you were born and raised in. I guarantee you, the people that were born and raised in Dallas or Houston or Atlanta or Chicago or New York, but your major city. Mm-hmm. You grow, your priorities change. Sure. You grow, your philosophy and yeah. life changes. Well, you want things, you know, people want things slower. Like Los Angeles is a pretty, pretty city. I, I love the weather, traffic, the crap they deal with. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it every day. I mean, and it, taking an hour to go 15 minutes, I couldn't do it. It's bad enough here. I mean, how much do you complain about traffic here in this town? Because you got to move. You're crisscrossing Well, I mean, it's city. all the time. I mean, right, the crazy thing about it, Clayton, it impacts so many people. And it's just nuts. It's just I don't understand how driving on an interstate or a major street like Perkins or Jefferson yeah. Highway or Airline Highway, pick your street, is any different. It's a bridge. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand that every day. Now, I hate to blame the 18 wheelers because without them, we don't get our stuff. So we oh, need yeah. them. But, I mean, you know, I mean, 50, 60 years ago when they designed the uh, interstate system through this city, right. they never envisioned this city growing like it has. Oh, my gosh. And what it's come down to. I mean, it's it's so large here. So, I mean, there's so many other things I want to get with Hey, look, you about back to the New Orleans thing. Yeah. And I've always said that going back to the 37 years being removed from that city. Yeah. And I tell people this all the time. When they make fun of the way I speak mm-hmm. and taking up for Tom Benson and the New Orleans Saints and what I'm about – I say, look, if the Civil War ever breaks out, and I'm 55, I'm still pretty athletic, I think I can handle myself. Now, can I beat a 22-year-old MMA guy? Probably not. <laughs> but if a Civil War ever breaks out, things get that bad. Another yeah. storm comes through New yeah. Orleans, yeah. and they come up here again, right. and you got traffic problems and crime problems, and the people in Houston are going to bitch. Same thing mm-hmm. we went through the last time. If this time it truly leads to a Civil War, I'm wearing the blues. I'm not wearing the grays. You're wearing the blues. I'm fighting for Baton Rouge. I'm You're not fi- fighting for the Southerners. <laughs> for the <laughs> All right. So you, you said, oh, Tom Benson. What do you think about that with uh, his family, some right. of his family trying to well, get you him really declared nuts? Well, you're really going to get me riled up on oh, this. question. Okay, no, now no let question. me throw this one I'm out. I'm getting my you. money's worth out of this. All right, well, I have no issue. I'm not paying him I to have be no here, issue with adoption. Okay. I have no issue. All right, me personally, okay, and the people who decide. What does it have to do with? It, I'm going there. Okay. Uh, like, you know, couples who can't yeah. have children. I yes. think it's the greatest thing in the world to adopt a child. Yes. To provide that children, a child with nurturing, uh-huh. love, care, okay. and trying to instill character and what is good about being a human being. Mm-hmm. All right. But my issue with Tom Benson is, you know, Renee Benson, Rita, and Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Here's the problem. The problem I have is that his wife, Gail, has more of Tom Benson's DNA in her than his adopted daughter and two grandkids have. You see where I'm going? Yeah. Okay. My problem is Rita is 37. Her mama, Renee, 60, give or take a few years, whatever it is. I don't know. But the problem is Tom Benson provided his daughter, biological daughter, with a five-star lifestyle and an unbelievable income for years. Yeah. Provided his two grandkids with the best private schooling, new cars every year, cell phones. They lived a five-star life for 30-something years. Mm -hmm. You got to let it go. Eventually, you just got to hug him and thank him. He wasn't going to not leave them something. Right. They were still always going to oh, no live a great life. Oh, no question. And now all of a sudden, it seems like that jealousy of they think they're entitled to more and more and more. Let me tell you, Sean, pa- Sean Payton said he wanted it in his contract. He didn't have to report to Rita. 
He can't stand Rita Benson. Really? Nobody in the front office can stand Rita Benson. She shows up out of control. Yeah. She takes three-hour lunches to get ripped. She shops and charges everything in the world. She walks now, in. wait a just, minute. You don't know that no, she, she takes yes, three hours to she get walks ripped. In, look, she walks in and fires people because she's having a bad nail or a bad hair day. That's just who she is. And that, that infrastructure, that organization, God bless Tom Benson's wife, Gail, because she sees it. Yeah. And the last thing she wants is to see Ryan and her be so greedy and be buzzards on roadkill when he dies that they not they don't understand what Tom Benson is meant to the community. Did you say buzzards on roadkill? Buzzards kill? on roadkill. You're sticking with that. I am. Okay. Continue. Look, two assholes that all they want, all they want, is the man's money and his legacy and everything he's built up. You know the problem we have in this world today, yes. Clay? What's the problem, problem we got Richard? in this world today yes. is people like them, a little yeah. bit older, uh-huh. but still pretty much millennials. Tell the truth. You know what millennials you, are? I'm going to tell the freaking no, no, no. truth. You love well, being no, in a medium like radio where you can well, get to say you know, all the you know things the that you've been wanting have, to say on the air. You know the problem we have with millennials? Yes. Here's the problem we have with millennials. Because yes. everything you and I have done, uh-huh. everything you and I have done and bust our ass to work oh, no two question. or three jobs yeah. and put money away, okay? All too many young people want today is for us to die so they can inherit everything we busted our ass and we were raised right and we weren't self-centered and we understood the sacrifice of our service men and women and what the big picture is all about amen brother we're looking pointing, at the big american po- flag big, behind i got a big flag so in my that's the problem with yeah. millennials yeah you know i mean my son who i love to death but he'll yeah. come over every now and then and go dad you come and on. mom need to do this you and mom need to do that I said, easy on ryan no come i on. love the kid he's a <laughs> great kid, kid. Right. i said ryan before i die i'm gonna get that done <laughs> I'm going to get that done so when you and Christy inherit the house and you buy her out, however you two divvy it up, yeah. all this crap's going to be done. We're going to yeah. have new appliances. What do you want me to put the jacuzzi? <laughs> what do you want to y'all? I mean, do you tell me I got to do it for you? So, so we go from Rita Benson, Tom Benson, all that. Do you think the Saints are here in 10 years? I think so. Okay. I think since Gail's taken over, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Ryan and Rita would have done or Renee, the daughter. But you know what, Clay? Something that really ticks me off. Really? Yeah, it really Something ticks me ticks off. Something ticks you off? It's more so people in the media. And mm-hmm. you remember these types. Oh, and I know you're yeah. a 49er person. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, back and in Excuse the, me, a 49er fan. What 49 is that? 49er, 49er fan, person. person, whatever. I mean, yeah. 49ers, Don't be please. dismissive, Richard. You know I mean? All right, great. Look. Five so Super Bowls. I understand that. Well, you know, I guess I could say, hey, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Manchester United. Any, partic- any particular reason why you want to make fun a of me Yankees being a Niner fan. fan? That's what I forgot. I'm Kevin Meese is a Yankees fan. Well, I know, but you're not a goofball. Now, look. <laughs> so, look. <laughs> Where was I now? You got me distracted. Know. I don't know. I did it on purpose, No, the Saints, the yeah, same. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the media types in this town, talking about Baton Rouge. Yes. Media types oh, in this town. Oh, no, you're not going to. Yeah, I am. Because you know what? God bless Ed Soul, but he was one of them, Ed Bugs. Yeah. And then you got these other goofballs. I'm not going to give them the, the justice of even giving out their name on this okay. podcast. I don't want to. Only the guy who But died. I remember these no good son of a buggers. Man, they wanted Benson. He's holding a state hostage. He wants a new stadium on the West Bank. <laughs> I do remember that. He wants more concession money, more pocket money. He needs to take this losing organization hey. Hey. to San Antonio yeah. or L.A. And these same assholes. Hey. After the Saints started winning, and they went to the 2006 championship hey. game, they were standing in freaking line and having sleepovers, Listen. sleepouts to buy their little window flag. Let me tell you about that. And and not not as a, I'm not a Saints fan. Okay, I don't really root against them, but I'm not a Saints fan. 
But I remembered being on radio with, with Kevin and Matt Kennedy at the time on JBO on a Thursday when I used to do those Thursdays. And when Governor Jindal was talking about working this deal with Tom Benson. And I remember saying, this is a good deal. Here's why. If the Saints leave, the NFL's not putting another franchise in New Orleans. It's a small market. It's a, it's a small market. But you're right. Man, when the Saints won that Super Bowl, you saw who that everywhere. And I always thought, oh, that's how it goes, huh? So, yeah, the bandwagon's big. Quick, think about, think about if the Saints leave after Katrina. They don't come back. Yeah. And they don't and play it, the it Falcons on that Monday night. It was close. And God bless Steve Gleason. They're blocking yeah. the pond and yeah. the crazy Saints fans. It was close. If the Saints don't return, and, you know, as much as I think as Roger Goodell has really, uh, uh, I think, treated the Saints wrongly. See, do, don't you think they but, earned but, a little but, bit of that with the Bounty well, Gate, I, I though? I agree, but what I will say about this is everybody who thinks that Roger Goodell was unfair with Bounty Gate, do I think he was unfair a little bit? Do I think since then the scheduling has sucked? Yeah. Having to go to Chicago, having yeah. to go to all of a sudden every November, December, they got to go to Pittsburgh. They got to yeah. go to Baltimore. Play them games in September and October on the road. Thanks, right. Raj. But when I think about that, I'm going, man, that man could have easily talked to Tom Benson and said, get that organization out of that hellhole because it's never going to recover. If Roger Goodell doesn't put an emphasis on keeping that franchise in that city, Clay, no, that and we talk about the no, city. That was Tagliabue. Tagliabue. Yeah. All right. But if they don't do that, who knows where that city is now? Yeah. Because that, you know, you can talk about every NFL city besides maybe Green Bay. Yeah. There's not one city where an NFL franchise really means more economically, giving people hope, no, I, I than the Saints in the city in the world. I agree. And winning that Super Bowl was something. Sean Payton, and I got to be honest, he created a legend in that game. Onside kick in a Super Bowl at halftime? I mean, that's a pretty ballsy thing to do. Well, you know what Sean Payton needs to do? Okay, first off, Sean Payton needs to stop worrying about his Miss West Virginia girlfriend and them hosting oh, training camp there. in the Come state on. of West Virginia. No, the guy's lost all focus. Can't you tell? Last couple of seasons, he's lost all focus. He's this prima donna. He's this party boy now. He's chasing skirts. The reason why they're holding training camp up near uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, yeah. because Miss West Virginia, her parents live two and a half miles down the road from the training camp. So it's convenient for him. She's happy. She can live with mom and dad. He can go over there and get a nice supper every night. And boom, drive a couple of miles in a golf cart with his little cabana boy so the Saints can practice in West Virginia. That's the biggest unbelievable self-centered move in the world. It's about him and his girlfriend and her parents being from West Virginia. But look, Sean Payton is too partying now. He's worried about his his uh, CrossFit and all of this stuff. Sean Payton is doing CrossFit? Yes. He's Get doing out. all that stuff. Yeah, he's doing all of that Payton stuff. Payton is. Tybo. Putting Ty his head behind is like a Chinese contortionist. No, he's doing all of that stuff. Really? Yeah, no, he's in all of that CrossFit stuff. He shot videos. Sean Payton yeah, shot videos. I'm telling you. Is he doing the duck face thing that he always does whenever he's on camera with his mouth? I don't know. I don't know. He never looks happy on the side. I don't know. It seems like every time I can't sleep because you know when you get to be 55, you got to tinkle late at night. So when I get up at three in the morning, I'm going through the channels because I can't sleep. I'm eat the rest of that half a muffalata and the three beers I had left from the night before. I go through the channels every time. You know, Cox Cable's yeah, paid program. Yeah, that's right. Paid program. Yeah. Paid program. And so after I see the guy selling a rotisserie grill with the pork chops, I flip the next channel and there's Sean Payton doing. CrossFit. I've seen him in like groups. Oh man, I got to look that up. I'm telling Sean you. Sean Payton does CrossFit. Well, I, I don't know if CrossFit's the right word, but he does that. Act, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not. What do He's you not call doing it? MMA. It's like that 25 minute workout yeah, stuff. Like Instead P90X. of spending an hour and a half in the gym, you can do this. Like P90X? Yeah, Z5, whatever. I don't know. AB23, whatever that stuff is. Just Have go you run heard your of this six stuff months. called Zumba? 
I've heard of it, yeah. Have you ever seen it? You know why I've seen it? Because the guy, the guy, the guy who invented Zumba, yeah. his son recently, well, I say recently, I saw it recently, I think it was a, uh, a taping or recording, is uh, Shark Tank. Oh, which one of them? Uh, well, he was on, and he said how oh, he was, was on you know, like the his show. daddy. His daddy disowned yeah. him. His daddy wouldn't do anything for him. They were his son was living on the streets, living and, on the. He was homeless. So a guy invented Zumba. Yeah, yeah, it was a guy. Okay, a guy. And, because and his, I, I remembered uh, working out at Bally's. It's not Bally's anymore. Uh, L.A. Fitness, I think, is in that building, but uh, here in Baton Rouge, and uh, I was going for a workout, man. And passed by a room and saw some ladies doing something now known as twerking. I'm like, what is going on in here? And they said, it's Zumba. That was a horrifying thing. Well, I mean, sight, they keep man. changing up everything. You know, maybe they add a couple of routines here and then it goes from being called this to being yeah. called that. But yeah, no, the guy's son, and he says, and he even started to cry Did because he? his dad, you know, wouldn't help him out at all. It was all about the money dad made, mm -hmm. and you got to go out on your own. He even left his son living on the street. And wow. finally, he took his name. And decided, you know what, I obviously have the same DNA. If I can do it and come up with a different program and, you know, mix in a little of this and sure. a little of that. So uh, Damien, who invented FUBU, came up with FUBU. Yeah. Damien John, is that uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's, he wanted to invest, and he wanted to include that with Zumba. Yeah. But he was adamant, no, I don't want to be associated with Zumba. I want my own brand. I want to do it. And Damien said, and he offered him money. So the guy walked off, and Damien got up, and he says, man, he doesn't understand what I'm trying to do for him. I'm going to go talk to him and his wife. And he walked in, him and his wife are talking, and he goes, no, nah, I didn't get a deal. Damien walks in, he says, look, I want to help you. Let me help you. You don't understand what Zumba will do. Zumba will open up doors for you. We can cross market, and we can make it work. And Damien talked him into doing it. And look at how that worked out Yeah, for so, him. I mean, no, I mean, I think I – think, that whole bit, though, Clay, but, you know, I, you know, working out, it's like everybody's got their own deal. Yeah. You know, you know you're a workout fanatic, and, you, you know, you work out all the time. Ever since I've known you, you've always been in triathlete shape, and, you know, that's, that's the truth. And everybody who knows you, who's seen you, know how well, hard you work out. And the truth is, in the business that, that you're still in, that I was in for a long time, man, if you're not healthy – if you don't have an energy level getting up at 3.30, a quarter to four in the morning and getting ready to embark on 15, 16, 17 hours, you can't do it. Plus, you always said that you wanted to be in shape because, because. No, because, I mean, I always, I told my wife when I married her. I told my wife when I married her. I knew I you were going to remember. You, I can't promise you a 4,000 square foot home. We're going to go on cruises. Uh, you trade in at uh, Acura. Uh, you know, every year to get another lease one. And, you know, I mean, I can't promise you all of that stuff. Yeah. I can't promise you you never have to work. Right. I can't promise you jewelry uh -huh. and expenses and anything you want. But, but I always tell us, the one thing I'll always guarantee you, unless God strickens me with a disease unbe unbeknownst to me and it's uncontrollable, it's just what it is. It's we DNA. It's a life of the draw. I'm no better than anybody else right. that gets stricken with cancer mm -hmm. or heart ailment or whatever. I said, but as long as I'm healthy, Sue, I'll always look good naked for you. That's what I told. Now, Clay, let me tell you something. As far as people, oh, you're not gonna, out, you're not gonna expand yeah, on yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Oh. Now, look. As far as people, look. I say this all the time. There's only two things you got total control over. As long as you got your health. Yeah. All right. Because a lot of people would like to do certain things, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, they they drew the short straw. I yeah. mean, in life, DNA it, it was passed along by great grandpa. It's it's what it is. Luckily, I'm healthy. So, I always said that the only thing you got total control over. Is how do you treat your body yeah. and how you treat your spouse. 
That's the only thing you got total control over. Because there's a lot of people out there that bust their behind, man, and they work hard, and they'll never complain about not getting paid for overtime, anything the boss asks. Mm -hmm. They'll sacrifice and give it their all. But because the corporate company shuts it down, or the economy goes in a different direction, yeah. or the city, everything, it's not that guy's fault. It's not that woman's fault. They'll bounce back, do whatever it takes to support their family, right. and not bitch and not complain. Let's roll. Right. That's the only thing you got control of. And, you know, all these people that, uh, well, I got to lose weight and I got to do this. You know, it's easy. It, all you got to do is put the fog down and get up and chase a squirrel yeah. and just sweat a little bit. Get up and chase a squirrel. Yeah, do whatever. Is I mean, whatever right? you got to do. Climb a tree. Jump from roof to roof. Seen, I don't care. Seen many do people jumping chasing... jacks in the backyard. It doesn't matter. Maybe some push-ups. Seen people chasing squirrels lately, have you? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Not lately. Okay, so LSU football. Les Miles. I like Les Miles. He frustrates me as much as anybody else. And the question I always ask is, if you blow the guy out, who do you bring in here? No, I think, look, you find me a coach. Even Nick Saban's got faults. But you find me a coach that can, can recruit like him. Seems to be a good family guy. Yeah. He'll go down as the all-time winningest coach in LSU football history. And that's something. He should have won two national championships yeah. for whatever reason. He decides Jarrett Lee's not coming in in the second half. I still yeah. can't figure that one out. But Jarrett Lee didn't play in the game. He didn't play. No, he didn't play at all, which is unbelievable. But yeah. when you look at what the guy's done for the program, and you look at how much merchandise LSU was making, and you look at a 102,000-seat stadium, yeah. and you're looking at all the revenue he's generated. Yeah, he's had a player here and there that's had issues. But, gee, was nothing compared to Nick Saban in Alabama. Right. I mean, nothing compared to University of uh, Florida, yeah. Florida State. All of these schools are going to have issues. I mean, you can't monitor 85 kids. You just can't do it. You can do whatever you want to do. But, I mean, a young man eventually is going to have to make a decision. Does he want to live his life right and represent his family, himself, and his school in mm -hmm. an honorable way? Mm -hmm. Or is he going to get stupid? Well, if he gets stupid at 2 o'clock in the morning, what do you want that coach to do? Right. So, yeah, I mean, but it's how the coach responds to an athlete. And certain things Les Miles did, I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I don't like think what? Jeremy Hill should have got a scholarship after what happened. Yeah. I know I'm in a minority on that one. He proved to be a great running back. He's having a great career with the Cincinnati Bengals. And hopefully he'll live his life right and prove me wrong. Right. But it's certain things. He's Clay, been out I, of trouble so far, Yeah, right? yeah, he is. And certain things in life. And as you get older, you know, I think as you get older, you become more patient. I find myself coming a little bit more patient, not yeah. as critical. Yeah. But at that point, I'm going, man, why do you offer this kid a scholarship? Yeah. And then, of course, after that, he sucker punched a kid in Tigerland, yeah. which only reinforced my thoughts that right. the kid could be a thug, which is an unfair stereotype. And I do that probably uh, wrong too many times. But, hey, look, Les Miles, he's good for the university. LSU is winning football games. Every year you know they have the talent to compete for the SEC championship. And with a break here and there, a made – Field goal, mm -hmm. uh, intercepted pass, mm -hmm. not having any major injuries or keys positions coming up this season. They got another shot. They'll be a top six or seven team in the preseason poll, but all that doesn't matter if they don't get any quarterback play. Because yeah. you'd have the greatest defense in the world and a great offensive line and the skill guys they have. It was brutal last year. With Fournette year. and Doral and Trey Quinn and yeah. Leonard Fournette. I mean, I can go down the list. But unless they get quarterback play, you can't win a national title or compete for an SEC title. If the Saints had the number one pick in the draft this year, would you want them to draft Jameis Winston? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I, uh, I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan. Look, the thing about it is, Clay, I understand kids make mistakes, and I hate when people say that. Well, I love when somebody tells me this, when I go off on a kid like Jameis Winston. They'll go, what, you never made a mistake? Yeah, I agree. 
In eighth grade, I did cheat once. Yeah, I did bounce a check. I did forget to pick the kids up at soccer practice once. Yeah, I made mistakes. I get that. But, I mean, there is, there is a resume of mistakes with this kid. Yeah. We're not talking about one. I mean, we're talking about a kid who pretty much stole a burger and a Coke at a Burger King. We're talking about a kid after that, him and his buddies on a campus of Florida State, had a BB gun and a shout-out windows. Yeah. You follow me? We're talking about a kid who uh, belittled and demeaned the authority figure by being suspended and Jimbo Fisher supposedly didn't see his stud quarterback, a Hosman Trophy candidate, in the locker room dressed. You remember when yeah. he came out on the field dress? Yeah. Hey, you're stud running back and quarterback. You make eye contact with them in a pregame speech, right? right, right. You know what they act. Yeah. If Jameis Winston is not in that locker room, you're going, hang on a second. What a shit, Jameis. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. So he knew he was dressed up. Yeah. When then all of a sudden he looks good on TV, sending him back in the locker room. Then after all this embarrassment, of course, we could talk about him still in crab claw legs. What all right, is whatever. that about? But after all of that, after all of that, to show you what kind of man he is and a lack of respect he has for himself and more so women, after all of that, he gets up in a student union yeah. and drops F-bombs toward a young co-ed who's somebody's daughter yeah. just trying to make her way to class. Right. I'm done with him. He may prove to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, but he's not playing it for my team. Right. He can go on and play it for the other team. Then I look back down the road and go, yeah, he was a great quarterback. But I didn't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with his past. So what what ticks you off nowadays? Man, that's a In addition to all things. the stuff we talked about. So let's start with traffic. Okay, traffic, first off, I don't know what the hell we're going to do about it. I mean, it, it's frustrating, uh, even on the surface streets, okay? Like, let me give you an example. The one that drives me nuts quite, because everybody's got an intersection that drives them nuts, right? Yeah. Because everybody travels in different areas, and you got people yeah. that say, well, I don't like how they merge, or they didn't use their blankets, or they didn't wave at me when I let them in, which really pisses me off, too. I feel like pulling up next to them, roll down your window. You think, you think you're, you're Mario Andretti? You think you're Richard Petty? You think you're the late Dale Earnhardt? You know, your ass, your driving skills aren't that good. I let your ass in. Show me a little appreciation. <laughs> That's right. All right. But what really ticks me off, Clay, coming from the gym. Yeah. All right, the YMCA right there on Perkins. Mm -hmm. So I'm heading west because I got to get the guaranteed broadcasting after doing my run. I'm on Perkins Road. South side. Yeah, south yeah. side Y, yeah. right there by south side produce. Yeah. Okay. So I'm coming the other way, right? So all of a sudden, you got the people coming east that are turning, taking a left on S and Lane, right? Mm -hmm. And every time I get to a major intersection like that, right, you know when I got the turning arrow? Well, if the traffic is still backed up on S and heading toward Our Lady of the Lake yeah. on the interstate, well, I got to sit here. I can't go. Right. I just got to let the light recycle. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I can squeeze in the next light. Yeah. Is it a pain in the ass? Yeah. yeah. Is my pizza getting cold? No question about it. Yeah. Am I not going to put the daiquiri in my belly quick? Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? That's my role. I don't have any room to move. Yeah. But you got these sense of entitlement, jackasses. These people driving their vehicle. Guess what they do? Because they got the green arrow. It doesn't matter if they can't make that turn. It's just going to block the intersection. And then I'm honking at them because I got to go and they act like they don't see you. So the other day, I'm there. Two cycles. Yes. Two freaking cycles. Yeah. I said, this is bullshit. So I got out of my car and I went to the front of the truck. And I said, hey, <laughs> hey. And this guy was two guys in this truck. And the guy yeah. rode down the window. I said, let me tell you something, pal. You see, you don't have enough fucking spot here. And now I got to wait. Now I'm going to miss the first break. Now what the shit you want me to tell my co-host? What do you want me to guy's looking at me? He's looking at him, and he didn't say anything, rolled up the window. They moved up a little bit, I got in my truck. Then all of a sudden, I get home, I tell Sue that. And Sue goes, do you realize that that's how people get shot? 
you realize true. that this guy's packing, if this guy's got an attitude, if he's high on meth, That's he just true. caught his wife at home with a bunch of circus workers. I'm if sorry, this guy, what? he caught his wife at home with a bunch of circus workers. Having that an just affair, pop into your head? Whatever, he comes at home, and this girl's just doing crazy things by herself with D batteries, whatever the hell. He's pissed off. He's what? high on something. What? And then you busted his ball. What are you he's doing? He's going to pull out a 38 because guess what? He didn't turn it in for a $50 gas call. Oh, man. Now, Clay, real quick. Okay. Talking about these $50 gas cards okay. and the Brave program all right. and all that okay. crap. First off, let me tell you this. All you got to okay. do is pull a string with let me them, tell folks. You this. That's it. I am so sick and tired. I'm asking you folks out there yeah. to stop it. Okay. Stop with the damn marches. Okay. Stop with the candlelight vigils. Okay. The people in the faith-based community. Yeah. Stop preaching. Stop getting out there and walking the streets because okay. the bullets are still flying up in the air and hitting the concrete late at night. Yeah. That poo-poo ain't working. Okay. I appreciate the fact that the Brave program is they going, and now people in the neighborhood want to help program. them collect the cash. Uh-huh. Hell, that's all great. Yeah. It ain't doing nothing. Okay. Look, the DNA is might the be DNA. Hel- might be helping some people, though. No, right? it's a PR thing. I know why Channel 9 and 2, they got to promote uh, Hiller's it a, a good PR guy thing. now. Hiller's a good guy. I didn't say that. Yeah. I love Hiller now. Yeah, Hiller's a I'm good guy. I'm not saying, now. but look, they got to do that stuff Hiller because Lord, people are going to wonder. DA. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Matter of fact, I always get a cup of coffee with him at the Be Quick right there on Perkins. Hiller and I are tight. I would never throw Hiller under the bus. Sorry hey, about that, I like that, Sid Gotro, too. I like Sid. Sid I like yeah. Chief Abity. Now, look, yeah. I don't like that's Chief Abity. That's, well, that's well, Whatever. It's kind of. Look, I don't like Chief Abity as much as I like Chief LaDuff. Now, that Chief was my LaDuff. man. Now. Chief LaDuff. Chief LaDuff was you my know, man. He's done the show, and before today, uh, his shows were probably the most entertaining. Can I tell you something he told me once? Okay, I'll never forget this. When you and I worked together at yes. Citadel. yes. He, he may have been a guest of yours in studio one He moment. was. Okay. I'll never forget it. So he's walking out. He's walking out. Now, at the time, I was doing sports for you in the morning yeah. and then doing a show in the afternoon That's my right. show. So anyway, he's walking out and he said, hey, Rich, hey, Chief Dove, how you doing, man? So we started talking. He goes, man, you're so thin. I said, well, yeah, well, you know, I'm training for a marathon. I got that marathon coming up in a few weeks. And he goes, oh, you're running a marathon? He says, I'll never forget this, Clay. He goes, man, I ran one marathon. He said, but I'm never running another marathon, so of course, what do you do? Yeah. Well, why not? You know, because I understand it's a it's big-time commitment That's to right. run that many miles. And he goes, man, after I ran that marathon, I couldn't stop shitting for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that, Clay. I'll never forget that. I'm sure he appreciates that So anyway, I'll never forget when I too. did the first one, the Marine Corps Marathon yeah. in 2005. I got done, and I'll never forget, man, I went back to the hotel in D.C., Clay, and I told the uh, called down to the uh, to the restaurant. I said, "Do me a favor, send me six beers." But when you when you exhaust yourself that much, one right. beer you loop. Yeah. All right. So yeah. anyway, Sue goes, "You all right?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "I'm just waiting." She goes, "Waiting for what?" I said, "Well, Chief Ladeff said I'm gonna be shitting for weeks." <laughs> That's exactly. I'm just right. waiting for did, that to happen. Did that happen? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> So, so you know, what do you want your legacy to be, man? Clay, you know, the only thing I want people to say about me is I was fair. Yeah. And I always say it. I'm an equal opportunity shot taker. And it doesn't matter what politician, the color of their skin. Sure. What criminal, the color of their skin. What ignorant person who does something stupid and ridiculous and asinine. I go off on everybody. Well, But I, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, when you go off on a certain person, if it's a Hispanic if it's a, a black American, mm-hmm. if it's uh, just somebody, it yeah. doesn't matter. 
well, people label me. You are, you are. But what those same Man. people don't realize is that I label myself. I label Irish people who drink too much, run their mouth too much, and like to fight. I label who my ancestry is. But it's who I am. Yeah. I'm proud to be that person. Sure. But unfortunately, people, when you're talking about people within their inner circle, mm-hmm. they label you as a racist. However, those same people the next day, yeah, you're not when you take it in a different direction, you Listen, see where I'm going? I got a story. <laughs> I got a story about you that you can tell. You'll finish the story just to kind of illustrate about you. You know, We've been close friends for a long time. A lot of times we mix it up on the air. We have a good time, and it's great. And I'll get to some real feelings about you, but I want you to tell the story. Clifford Etienne, at the time, boxer from here, the Black Rhino. On the radio, on your show, he would do your show all the time. This is as he was getting working on his build to one day fight Mike Tyson. And he talked about his wedding. Gonna have a wedding. Pick it up from there. Cool, you know, and I think the biggest joy I get truly, the biggest joy I get is if I can help somebody and bring a smile to somebody's face. Yeah. You know, when somebody says, man, you mind speaking here or... Do you mind taking part in this? Man, I love doing that kind of stuff because it makes myself feel good. Sure. And, and that may be self-serving, but if it helps somebody, and you're using but it your also talent. makes me feel good, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. So, well, we go back to uh, Citadel. Mm-hmm. And one morning, I see this, you know, athlete-looking guy, oh, pretty yeah. stock guy, oh, about yeah. 6'1", 220, 230. It's like 6.30 in the morning, and he's walking around looking confused, not knowing where to go. I said, man, can I help you with something? He said, man, I'm looking for a 104.5. I said, okay. So, you know, it was right next to our studio. Yeah. So he went in there, and I didn't know. I, I was thinking maybe a Southern football player. Sure. I didn't know. Sure. So anyway, he went in, and I, had, I didn't see him. So a few weeks later, I, you know, we doing, you doing your show. 94.1, it was with Brody, right? Yeah, yeah. God Brody, yeah, 94.1. Guy Brody. And yeah. uh, so he's walking out again. I said, man, let me ask you something, man. Who are if you don't mind me? I see you coming in. He says, I'm Clifford at well, At the time, I didn't know who he was. Sure. I said, Clifford at man, you play ball, and – he goes, no, man, I'm a boxer. I said, like a professional boxer. He goes, yeah. I said, man, what's your record? Oh, I just started out. He says, I'm 2-0. and o. I said, well, that's cool, man. So, you know, he comes in again a few weeks later. I said, Cliff, come on, come on in here. So he came in there, and he was uncomfortable, so we were talking about it. So every time he came, then he became 4-0. And, and then he fought at the bell, yeah. and he was 6-0. and o. So now people are starting to talk locally. There was talk in the community on sports shows. They did a little story in The Advocate. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden... He's on the air one day, and uh, so him and I became, I guess, friends, but more so casual. So I go, Cliff, so what's going on? Buddy said, man, I'm getting ready to get married. I said, really? So uh, we on the air, and I said, well, man, look, anything I can do to help you, man, you know, I want to help you. We got to make this a big deal, man. The limos, the flowers, we're going to get a big haul, we're going to get the band, we're going to get ring kids, we're going to get a tray, a little muffalata sandwiches, stuffed mushrooms, we're going to have freaking shrimp on a stick, whatever you want. We got it. But you were joking. I was. Yeah. So Clifford left. And I don't know how it happened, but (laughs) his mom got my number. Uh Uh-huh. But it was a landline back then. Oh, yeah. So the phone rang. I don't know. It's like three in the afternoon. I pick up the phone. Is this Richard? I said, yeah, who am I speaking? She goes, this is uh, Mrs. AT, and I'm Clifford's mama. And I'm trying to think in my head, how did she get my number? I said, yes, ma'am. How can I help you? She goes, look, I was wondering, when can you and I meet personally and, and, and set up the uh, wedding arrangements? I said, what? <laughs> set up the wedding arrangements? I said, well, uh, I said, let me call you back. I'm writing down your number. Well, when I hung up that phone, Clay, I'm going, oh, yeah, that's right. Now, obviously, Panic. it was radio, and yep. I was teasing to Doing make a, a bit. bit. Oh, yeah. And I said, but she doesn't think so. Now, do I call this woman back and go, look, Miss Atien, it was radio. 
uh, I'm not a priest. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a rabbi. I'm you're, not a reverend. Yeah, you're, you're certainly said, not a priest or a pastor. I don't own a VFW hall. Right. I do not have a limo service. Uh-huh. I'm not a DJ. Yeah. I don't. I can't you help. Might you. be a little bit of a DJ. Yeah. And I'm going. Let me think about this. You know what? I said this is something I may want to tackle. So I called her back. We met. I said, okay. I said, Miss 18, let me just think about this a little bit. Okay. Bottom line, my thinking about it a little bit was to call a former LSU baseball player who at the time was like PR for the atrium mm-hmm. in the casino. The bell was uh, 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 Jason Wall. Jason mm-hmm. Wall. So I met with Jason. Hey, Rich, we can, uh, we can let Clifford and his wife, I think Tiffany, we can, yeah, they can use the facilities as long as it's a Sunday afternoon. And I said, I quit. That all right? That's cool. So anyway, cut a long story short, Southern Bell Sandwiches. I called uh, a good friend of mine who owns a couple of bars. He donated all the beer, kegs of beer, liquor, uh, got the sandwiches. So I you got, basically gave this guy I got guy the reverend. Running. I arranged for the bridesmaids. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got the reverend? Well, she told me who she would like. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I made, contact. Right. Okay. made contact. So, anyway, yeah, I got all the drinks. I got the facility. I got the tux. I hooked them up with, uh, uh, I don't know, some place where the girls went and got dresses. Cut a long story short, it took me like two or three weeks to put all of this together. Gave the man a wedding. Gave the man a wedding, and I'll never forget it. Clay, so it was a Sunday afternoon. So mm-hmm. I told Sue, look, uh, you want to come? I got to go. I mean, I got to be there. Yeah. So I went there, and I'll never forget it, man. I walked in, and I see Clifford and his buddies, and they're hanging out at the front, and Tiffany and her friends, and everybody's trying to get settled. And they're setting up the sternos with the food, and yeah. they're icing down stuff. Yeah. That you see happen is everybody's getting organized. Sure. So I made eye contact with Cliff. Nothing. Okay, no big deal. The guy's worried about getting married. He's worried about his family getting here. I understand the guy's distracted. Yeah. So the ceremony goes on. So I see Cliff at the end. So I walk up to him. Hey, Cliff, what's up? Expecting, you know, a handshake or Tears, hug, something. something. Rich, I owe you, brother, which, no, you don't owe me. But I would say, hey, man, no problem. He said, look, man, all right, look, dude, I'm going to check you later. He was gone. Oh, he you didn't tell off. me this part yeah, of the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, he walked off. So Sue was looking at me, and she could tell I was really hurt. Oh, yeah. I invested a lot of time, and that's what yeah. I get. Yeah. That's what I get. And his mother even came up to me and complained about some food item they didn't have. Wow. I said, we're gone. So Sue and I walked out. I said, I'm done with him. And do you know, he never called me to thank me. He never sent me a card in the mail. Wow. He didn't do anything. Okay, so I was totally done with ATIM. And I'll tell you, I think the guy is Joe Roth. I could be butchering that. When I was having him on the air, mm-hmm. I think it's Joe Roth. God, I hope I'm not butchering. Anyway... Uh, he was Clifford's parole officer, mm-hmm. okay, at Angola. He mm-hmm. was his parole officer. He called me because he listened to the show. He said, Rich, be careful. Be careful because I knew he was in prison. Yeah. I never knew why he was in prison. Yeah. Now, if I would have known why he was in prison. Why was he? He was in prison because him and a couple of guys outside of Lafayette, they were hanging out at the mall, yeah. okay? Here comes a teenage couple. They abduct the teenage couple. They bring the teenage couple outside the city limits into a sugarcane field, and were probably going to do to the young lady. Yeah. They had him on his knees, getting ready to pop yeah. a cap. All of a sudden, they hear a truck. Well, the sugarcane farmer was coming back for whatever reason to check on his property, you know, whatever. And they saw the truck coming, and they heard it, and they took off. Wow. But they got caught because the the uh, the person who owned the property got yeah. got the license plate, so they tracked him out. Yeah. Anyway, so that happened. And then, of course, the tragic story of Terry Melanson, when they were serving, they were serving a warrant. Jeff and I talked about this on the show, that while that happened that day that Terry had been killed and a couple of guys were shot. And and before that happened, Clay, that was years that I hadn't talked to AT&T since he got married. Yeah. So all of a sudden, and 
I'll just never forget it. And Frankie Caruso, who was part of serving mm-hmm. that warrant, yeah. Terry worked for him. Yep. And Frankie Caruso and I have been friends for years, and I didn't know that on the same day they were burying a hero, mm-hmm. trying to serve a warrant who got shot. Mm-hmm. That was the same day it yeah. was going on. His funeral was going on at no, that time. No, 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 no. That Cliff had robbed no, yeah. that check cashing place. No, that was the day Terry got shot. That's what I meant to yeah, say. That's okay, what I meant. Yeah, okay, okay, my bad. Thanks yeah, for the correction. Yeah. yeah, the day he got shot, yeah. that's when ATN, right there at Florida and Foster or yeah. whatever, tried to rob a check cashing place. Yeah. He even pulled out a gun. How officers did not shoot and kill him that day, yeah. I don't know. And I, I, so I read all of that, and I had all—I had already lost all the respect in the world for Adrian, but even more so now, even more so now. After what he's been through, he didn't learn. So many people supported him and gave to him, and you're going to blow it again? And you're going to totally say, shove it up your behind? I'm going to be a criminal again? And I'll never forget it. And Frankie Caruso, when he went to Terry Malonson's funeral, and it was a Saturday because I was doing a remote, and I was bringing back the van, bringing back the van to Citadel. Yeah. And we did the last couple of breaks from Citadel. We were collecting something, I forget, outside in the parking lot. And Frankie and his son, little Frankie, showed up, and they were dressed in that suit, mm-hmm. just saying how they put the rest, Terry Malonson, how yeah. emotional it was, and the outpouring of support day here in the community, day. man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Tragic. Yeah. But so ATN, so since then, he's been locked up forever. And he's still locked up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in there for the rest of his life. But his attorney, believe it or not, a guy named Holt. Jim, Jim, Jim Holt. With the yeah. cowboy hat. Yeah. I'll never forget it. He wrote me a letter asking me, because I guess it was in the process of sure. him going to court and all that, asking me to be a character witness for Clifford Aitian. Clifford Aitian, rather. Wow. Of course, I tore it up. I didn't respond. I threw it away. I'm going, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, they... I want to go to bat for this guy? Yeah. Who on the same day we burying a hero, a soldier, who, uh, a soldier and a policeman who was shot? He's got the audacity to rob a check cashing place. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, man, so we're going to do this again, right? At Anytime. Some point. Anytime. Man, this was the most fun. Uh, and, and I was saying to you earlier, you get to really be you on a podcast because I know that you get to put the salt and pepper on things that you want to say here. But you're one of the hardest working broadcasters I've ever known. So much so, I believe in show prep, believed in show prep when I did it. And I'd get up and I'd read, but I'd always look for technology. I'd print stories, copy and paste. Richard Condon writes everything. Out of insecurity. Why insecurity? Because, Clay, what I do is I write it all out. Yeah. Most people print and just highlight. Yeah. I like writing it all out as if I was talking. Sure. But it's just out of insecurity to have it in front of me. Because I write it all out, but then once you ask me a question... Like, let's just say you were going to ask me a question. Mm-hmm. I would write all of that out, but I'm not looking at the paper once you ask me. Right. It's just memorized. Because you've It's just having it. it there in case right. I get distracted, I mean, in case I miss that date or that timeline. Well, I know you did, because I've heard you do interviews with people, and they always say, man, how'd you find that, and how'd you know that? You believe in research, and so you're, you're a craftsman. You, you do this job, and I think sometimes people hear what's my, happening my coming through quite, the speakers, is, and they don't get how much work goes well, into it. My thinking is... If somebody, let's say a guest, yeah. if a guest is going to give me their time, sure. then I'm going to give them my time. Right. And the greatest compliment I ever received, and I'll take this to my grave, and I still have it, there's nothing anybody could give me for this. You can literally, you could offer me $50,000 100000 I'm not giving it away. I'm not selling it to you. What is it? My hero was a kid. As a kid, my hero, athletic hero, was Gail Sayers. Yeah. I was a huge Gale Sands yeah. fan. I mean, I've never seen a player with moves that yeah. could do what he did. 
and playing for Papa Bear House. My yep. dad introduced me to Gail Says, and I would watch Gail Says when the game was on. Mm-hmm. So Neely, who produced my show at that time, yeah. One day, you know, Neely had a Rolodex. He loved lining up. He was guests, amazing, man. man. He got joy out of yeah. lining up the biggest he name was, guests. He was You're one thinking of the nobody best. can get on the air in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He could have done it for a network. He was that good. He was. So Neely one day asked me. I was walking out of the studio. Girl, yeah. He goes, man, if I can get anybody in the world for you to interview, anybody, politician, entrepreneur, anybody, who would you want? I said, man, my childhood hero, man, got to be Gail Sass. So he took it, okay, and I left. So about two days later, we got done the show, and he says, Rich, he says, get ready for tomorrow at 8.30. I said, tomorrow at 8.30, why, what we got? He says, the Kansas Comet, number 40, Gale says. Clay, I'll never forget it, and I had seen the movie hundreds of times. I stopped at a blockbuster Brian when you song. went in and got the movie, actual movie. I went in, and I got Brian's song. Yeah. I didn't sleep the whole night. I watched it three or four times. Did and you I cry? Also, oh, every time. Yeah. And I also watched it. And, of course, got on a computer at the time because yeah. you know, I think you had dial-in, a yeah. dial-up or whatever, yeah. ding, ding, yeah, ding, yeah. ding. So, anyway, I got on there, and I did all the research. And, Clay, I'll never forget. So, I'm the nicest guy, humble. Uh, you could tell the interview was going. And you could tell in the tone of his voice and how he responded to the question that he appreciated that question. Yeah, yeah. You could tell he was going, damn. Yeah. So, anyway, I did the interview, and I'll never forget it. We get done, and he says, Rich, I got to tell you something. I've done a lot of interviews. He said, but I've never done an interview with people who ask me things that I even forgot about myself. Wow. And Clay, that made my day. Not only my childhood hero, I'm able to talk to him for about yeah. a half an hour, but for him to acknowledge the fact that I loved him so much, I wanted to give him something he never got before. Right. From the ESPN guys. Yes. From the NFL films yes, guys. Yes, that's right. I wanted to top everybody. So here's the topper. So two days later, and I forget the young girl's name. You would know her. She worked the front desk at Citadel. Uh, remember Luke? Anyway, so I'm leaving. She goes, Rich, that's for you. And it was a big box, maybe the size of the American flag you got hanging Gosh, in the studio. that's club. huge. Maybe a little bit small, but about wow. that, about right, that. Right. Take about eight inches off of each wow. side, about that. So all of a sudden, it was a big UPS box. Yeah. So I look at the front. Uh, by the way, this thing is about four feet tall by about five feet wide, just to give beautiful. you a perspective. It is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well placed. So I said, oh, that's mine. So I look at it. And it had Chicago Bad, Joliet, Illinois. That's what it had on the yeah. box. And I still didn't put two and two together. Clay, I opened it up. It's a framed number 40 Gale Says jersey. Whoa. And with the black ink on the outside of the glass. Gale Says, thanks, Rich. I will never wow. give that up. For any money wow. in the world. Nothing. Where is so that hanging? In my office. Wow. I would not give that to anybody. I mean, I'll, I'll leave it Dude, for my son. And I Gale tried. Sayers yes. sent you, right, right. not the Bears, Gale, Gale Sayers, Sayers the person. Now, I'm sure Gale got somebody oh, in the office. But he, yeah, yeah. he signed it. Signed it. Number wow. 40. Wow. And then, you know, Clay, I told Ryan, is when you know, because Ryan didn't know who Gale Sayers was. I'm surprised was. So you don't want to be buried with it. I introduced Ryan to Gale Sayers, and, of course, he's seen footage. And now, of course, you can go to YouTube oh, and yeah. the internet find yeah. everything. Yeah. When he scored, you know, six touchdowns in a game and yep. all that stuff. But I told Ryan, I said, well, when I die, this stays. Don't ever sell it. That's the yep. only thing I want you you passing along. Right. It's your responsibility. I told you what Gale Sayers did and what right. he stood for as a man class. Right. Yeah. You need to do the same thing for your kids, and they need to do the same thing for their kids. That guy has always been my hero. Wow. And then, of course, Clay, I know we don't have time, but I can tell you how I saw Diana Ross naked. and then me and I'm Di- sorry, what? 
Diana Ross naked, and me and Dominique uh, Wilkins. I'm sorry, what? You, you what? Me and Diana Ross. I saw her naked. Diana Ross. Yeah, that's right. And me and Dominique Wilkins going to Club Derringer on Florida Boulevard and picking up chicks. Oh, that's true. You saw Diana Ross naked? I did. And me and Herschel Walker's mom drinking lemonade in Wrightsville, Georgia in a house. You saw the... Diana Ross naked? I did. I thought I shared this with you. What? what? Well, just I've always had the opportunity to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, life's been good to me. I actually saw Diana Ross naked. How? What? You want to hear this? I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask because somebody from Diana's camp might call me. No, it doesn't matter. I remember what they look like. I can describe them. Oh, gosh. No, I don't want you to tell no, the no, story. No, no, no. Let me share it with you real quick. <laughs> at the time, at the time, Sue's uncle had a catering business. Yes. This was in the 80 or 81. We were both students this is at LSU. Be bad. We were just dating now. We were just giving one another hickeys. It yeah. wasn't serious. Oh, gosh. So what happened was Diana Ross came to the Pete Maverick Assembly Center in concert. Well, Sue's daddy, I mean, Sue's uncle out of Thibodeau got yeah. the catering gig. So he told Sue, look, if y'all want to help, you know, ice down the drinks. Are you drinks sure you want to tell this story? Yeah, no, it's fine. It's a good story. So what happened was we were icing down the drinks and stuff, and yeah. Sue's uncle was getting the food ready for the roadies. and the, mm. They were doing sound checks. It was a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So all of a sudden, her uncle calls me over. Rich, going to say, I went over, yes, sir. He goes, look, Miss Ross wants a two-piece dog with rice dressing. He's from Thibodeau. Yeah. He goes, she wants Popeyes. You know if there's a Popeyes around here? And at the time, they had that Popeyes right outside the North Gates of LSU. Yeah. It's not there no more. Yeah. I said, well, yeah. I said, it's one right over there. So this big dude, Clay, gives me a $100 bill. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And he told me. Miss Ross wants a two-piece dark with rice dressing. I yes. said, I got it. So anyway, I went out to the back, had my Trans Am there, took off the T-tops, cranked up my Earth, Wind & Fire, my Parliament. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My Confunction, my uh-huh. Owlsley Brothers, Caravan uh-huh. of Love. I was ready to roll, And baby. he does like that Ohio music. player, skin yeah. tight. That's what I listened to. That's why my buddies in high school used to make fun of me. Hey, listening to Rolling Stones and Zeppelin and all yeah. that crap. I didn't want any of that. I got me some Earth, Wind & Fire, baby. That's I right. got me some Parliament. I got me some 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 Ohio players. Could some you get band. to the? Yeah, back to what I was saying. So Clay, I go get the chicken. Yeah. And I come back and there's Sue's uncle doing stuff. I said, Mr. Mike, I got it. He goes, well, just go down the hallway. It's right there on the right. So I go there, Clay. I'm not making. And the music's playing. So I knock on the door. Nothing. Music's playing. Knock on the door. Nothing. So all of a sudden, me being stupid, twenty, so you know, I just open the door. As I open the door, Clay, now. You're sitting here, and oh I would gosh. say that's about what? About 15 feet from you? Yeah. All right, so add another 10 feet. Okay. And just like you see in the movies, in a locker room or in a dressing room for stars. Yes. It's a full-length mirror with the little light bulbs, like every six inches. As I open the door right in front of me, maybe 15 feet in front of me, there's Diana Ross naked, and she's combing her long black hair, looking yes. in the mirror. And all of a sudden, she takes her right hand where the brush was in, and she crosses her arms to cover up her breasts. And right when that happened, I was scared to death, couldn't believe I'm looking at what I'm looking at. And the guy who gave me the money, he comes from behind the door. Must have been 6'4", 300 pounds. I thought he was going to break me in half. Like a pixie stick. And all of a sudden... Like a what? A pixie stick. Okay. A, a toothpick. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Popsicle stick. Okay. So all of a sudden, the guy, man, I get out the door and I swear, I was scared to death. I said, man, I'm so sorry. So I'm so... And he looked at me and didn't say nothing. So I'm like twitching, man. So I reach in my pocket. There's like $94 and change. Yeah. I gave him that. And here's the chicken. He says, all right. So I gave him... I was getting ready to hand him the money. He says, no, you keep that. So I got 94 bucks. Went and saw the concert all night. So at the end of the show, we were in the Tigerland. I told Sue, you want to go out? You know? And she goes, nah, I'm tired. Bring me home. So I brought her to her apartment. You ready for this? I lived in Tiger Plaza at the mm-hmm. time, Clay. Had three roommates. Yeah. I walked in there watching ESPN Sports Center drinking cheap beer. Yeah. I walked in there. They all three in their drawers just watching TV. Yeah. I said, guys, guess what? 
I said, I just saw Diana Ross's knockers. I saw her naked, and I got 94 <laughs> oh bucks. We're going to drink some beers, Coach. Oh, gosh. That was a great night. Great night. So we got to get you back at some point, but uh, Clay, she had the biggest nipples okay. of any woman uh, I've Richard, ever seen. I I'm mean, telling come you, come on, man, they were this big. No, 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 this no, big. no, 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 huge. No. no, let's 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 go. Let's go. Thank you for coming on the show, man. She could have been naked it. in a Quinn Eastwood. Okay, Richard. <laughs> you know I love you, brother. <laughs> I love you too, man. Richard Condon, folks. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. John, people are starting to spend time outside, and they're seeing these big old bees flying around. Yeah, these are the ones that are carrying tool belts on the side. The carpenter bees. <laughs> how do you get rid of them? Well, when you're training for carpenter bees, you, you want to do this predominantly at night when they're less active. You want to okay. wear eye protection because usually the bees will come after your eyes. So okay. you want to be kind of careful about that. Okay. Usually not real aggressive, but, you know, you take mama bee off. And uh, that's not a good thing. That's right. So you want to spray all the areas that they're not with a good long-lasting residual, and then you hit the holes where they are. And normally an application will last you a good two months. You know, it is important to be able to use the same products the pros use and get that same quality. You guys have it at Pest Stop, so how can we find you? Well, in Baton Rouge, you're at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's a mile north of the interstate and a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or give us a call at 273-4788. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Well, we did tell you that it was going to be something. Richard Condon is quite a personality. You know, there are people who don't particularly care for his brand of radio, but the guy just loves having a good time and takes all kinds to, uh, to make the world go around. And I quite frankly appreciate people who are honest enough with themselves to be honest enough with everybody else. And that to me is, is a great virtue to have. And, and Condon really, really is a good guy. And, if you could navigate through some of the stories, especially the one about Diana Ross at the end, I probably could have gone without hearing that. But if you can navigate through some of the stories, you can see how this is just one of the one of the best people. He's a, he's a good man. And I know he catches flack because of what he does on the radio. But Condon is purposefully bombastic. He knows what he's doing. He's keeping the listeners involved and keeping you listening to him. And sometimes that's what you got to do. That wasn't really my, my style because, quite frankly, I don't think I would have been good at it. But, man, you just put a mic in front of him and let him go, and it is unbelievable what happens, how he transforms from this just soft-spoken person <laughs> into this berserker who just absolutely will say anything. And uh, it was entertaining, and hopefully you found it entertaining. It, uh, if it offended you in any way, well, you know. That's not our intention. I just, I won't put filters on people here. I want to hear people's real thoughts. And I say that because it's so uncommon now. I want real answers to questions. But in, in the case of folks like Richard Condon, I just, I enjoy listening to the guy do what he does. So having said all of that, hopefully you guys have a great Easter. If you are listening to this after the Easter holiday, hopefully you had a great weekend and that you got some time to spend with family. We will catch you next Thursday for another edition of the Clay Young Show here on podcast225.com. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes. You can reach me at ClayYoungBR on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Have a great one, y'all. See you next time on podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.